0: You are
1: listening to Radio. Welcome to Country Wire Radio, I'm Bo, and I'm John David JD, hey Bo, good good morning. Good <laughs> morning. <laughs> oh, we're leaving that in. <laughs> you, would, you would crush the whole intro, and then I like. Had a, a verbal diarrhea. Yeah, it's
2: all good, <laughs> man. Hey, man. Okay, look, we've we've got we've got some good stuff going on, right? Yeah, now. We've got we got some do. good stuff. We're we're in Las Vegas. We're enjoying the. You know, when you look at a big pile of dirt, some people might not see the beauty, but I think for us, seeing like those those piles of dirt, which are the mountains outside of uh, Las Vegas, are are gorgeous. They really are. Yeah. like you really you you forget you just don't think about them as kind of this majestic thing that they actually are, and it's a, it's such a beautiful view, and of course it is. Right dab in the middle of all of this majesty is, uh you know, the Las Vegas Strip. We're Glittering at. Las
1: Vegas, that's <laughs> right. What's the what's the name of the... Man, this is embarrassing. What's, I, I should know more. I, I should remember more about Star Wars, but um, what's the name of the planet, Luke Skywalker? Oh, Tatooine. Yeah. Tatooine, yeah. It kind of has that feel, you know.
2: Yes, like, very much so. Yeah, some Jawas oh, out there, oh, like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, with their little... Uh, spears, and, no, right? No, Uhtini. No, the
2: Jawas didn't have the spears. The Tuscans had the. Oh, the spears. Tuscans yeah, had the spears. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know those Italians. Yeah, those Italians. Anyway, all right, man. So we got a <laughs> <laughs> we got a great show plan for today. But first, we got to give a shout out to uh, those that are making it happen. Of course, I'm talking about our club members and patrons. I uh, at joining at the squire level, we've got Brett Nichols. Now, I can't really mispronounce this name. I always say that, and then I come up with a really great one, which is Barit Burit? Brett. It's it's Brett. Brett Nichols. Brett Nichols. Brett
1: Nichols. Thank you so much for uh, joining at the Squire level, man, and helping us keep the lights on. And, man, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We're very, really, really, really grateful for you.
2: See, once again, I feel like there's a little bit of a challenge here with this one, because whilst I do try to, like, you know, mispronounce, you know, our club members' names, for the patrons, I just read right through. For example, we've got Amadan Gubadi. Gubadi.
1: Amadan Gubadi. Badia.
2: all right we got for our patrons we got a Gubadia, and then we've also got a mixture of letters that i refuse to believe is somebody's name it,
1: i i i
2: don't know man They could have been baptized
1: that the letters are m n e t h t b r d thank you so much maneth for your support to bur- <laughs> man, man, maneth, maneth to bird And maneth to bird and amad amadin and of course, Brett, we're uh, we're so grateful for all of you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And hey, if you want to uh, if you want to support the show, we, we will do our best to say your name or butcher it as have best we can. Butchered.
1: It, it doesn't take nowadays. I feel like it doesn't take a lot of effort to butcher them because we j- are just
2: that ignorant. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. Patreon.com dot slash Country Squire Radio. Now, man, you know, we have historically and quite famously been a pipe podcast and as we
1: as we should be, as we should be That's right, and continue to
2: be. And even throughout this, uh, you know, this season. Or the season of life, I should say this last past year, we've been, you know, trying to incorporate the feel of a pipe shop, having the conversations and kind of, you know, being a little bit more thoughtful and just really kind of engaging over the kind of things you want to talk about while you're enjoying a pipe. On occasion, we do a little work with uh, areas that are on. How do I say this? They're cousins. Well, so that's what I was trying to build up to, right? Like, so so there's there's areas, you know, that we try to cover all various areas of pipe dumb. And that's 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 our wheelhouse, and that's been our wheelhouse. But the reality is that you, John David Cole, master of pipes, owner and tobacconist of the country squire, famed and celebrated pipe smoking Jesus by some. <laughs>
1: I hate that. The so fact
2: much. of the matter is you are not just a pipe guy. You are also a cigar guy. Sure. And by trade. As yeah. As the Country Squire has grown, as you've referenced on the show, your cigar business has grown right along with it. Yeah. And we have always seen the cigar kind of contingency as kind of the cousins of the pipe contingency, right? Like, yeah. like we're, we're, we're on the same team, premium tobacco products. That's right. Like, you know, there's always kind of a debate. We're like, well, what, where do cigarettes fall in that? And, uh, I don't know, related, you stay I in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, Like cigars, man. Cigars in the kind of the premium tobacco world, we 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 we're cousins, right? That's right. And as such is the case, we thought it'd be kind of interesting to mix it up a little bit this week instead of doing a pipe smoking one on one, we're going to do a cigar smoking one on one.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is great.
2: So if you're if you're new to cigars, or if you know you're you know kind of have been dabbling in that, understand this. Yes, we are a pipe show. We are a pipe podcast. But John David Cole, tobacconist, famed master of pipes, is not just a pipe guy. He is very much a celebrated cigar guy. And the Country Squire has a vast humidor and thus vast knowledge base behind it.
1: Well, yeah, we, we are proud of our humidor. I don't, you know, pretend to have near the cigar expertise that I'd would like to think I do in, in, uh, in the pipe world. But yeah, I mean, it, we, we, we have talked about cigars before, you know, we had a finer things episode where we kind of discussed premium yes. cigars. And so this isn't necessarily one of those finer things episodes, but it's a, uh, it's an opportunity to, to tackle, uh, something that's very tangential to pipes. And I, I frankly, a lot of our pipe smoking listeners are also cigar smokers and, and they might lean to the pipe, more uh, prevalently, but they they go into uh, you know the cigars occasionally. We've got some listeners who are very dedicated listeners that are more cigar people. That's right. Uh, yeah. But they listen to it because they love us. They love our shop. They occasionally smoke a pipe and find it interesting. And and, and so those those folks are out there too. But yeah, today cigar one hundred and one.
2: Uh, we're going to talk about prepping and maintaining a humidor so this this is a topic Which i've is been not not easy <laughs> well I, i've wanted to talk to you about this for a long time because a long time ago goodness gracious i mean maybe before we even started the podcast yeah i, I bought on amazon a cheap very cheap yeah humidor like the screws were loose and everything else i try to tighten it it's all right. messed up it's been jacked up It's like
1: the ikea version of uh
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Didn't know what I was getting. Didn't know really what to do with it. Got the little like, you know, black circular thing yeah, that, that, that comes with.
1: thing you're supposed to put some kind of fluid in to right. help it, you know, stay humid, supposedly.
2: And, you know, it, it had like a, it had a dial. It wasn't a digital dial. It was like a, like a you know, a, a humidity meter or whatever. It was. Yeah. And, you know, all this and I kind of like plopped it in and did the whole thing. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I have no idea if this is working or if it's not working. <laughs> and very quickly, I kind of came to realize it's not working. And on top of that, it wasn't really well built. So like air was getting in and everything else. Sure, and it was all yeah. jacked up. So for the longest time, this has been a box that I have kept like old postcards in. You know what I mean? Like it has yeah. not been used for theoretically what its intended well, it, purpose it's was. It's supposed purpose, right? So recently, I, having been gifted by you and others, but especially by you, a lot of cigars, a lot of cigars. At one point, you sent me a box of like... Defective cigars, yeah, right? and you're like, yeah, hey, these are defective, but they still smoke really well. So I'm giving you all of them. It's, it's cigars, like I don't feel
1: good about selling, but like they're gonna smoke great. So <laughs>
2: here, take them. <laughs> so you, you got me like all these cigars, and then like I've got these other cigars that I've I've kind of collected over the years, sure, some, some yeah, that have like. And what I've been doing is I felt really bad, but I was keeping them in a plastic bag that I was trying to keep airtight and keep those little Boveda packs, yeah, the Boveda yeah. packs mm-hmm. in. Yep. And I was like, you know, I really want, I want a a, a good a decent humidor sure that I can feel good about having these in displaying it in my office. Yeah. And, and know not just that these cigars are protected, but in some cases they're going to go through the revival process.
1: Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You're trying to c- care for them and bring them back
2: as, as they need it. Yeah. As you should. And some of those cigars in particular, like, like there's one in particular I'm thinking about that I've had for two years, I think. Yeah. I'm hoping it's still good. And like, you know, I've, I've done my best to like try to keep it up and I've been saving it for like a special occasion. Sure. You're looking yeah. at me like that was the dumbest thing I could possibly do. I should just smoke that stick as soon as I got. No, <laughs> okay. no, not at all. Yeah. People do that for years. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing like that and it's because of it was a special occasion. It was gifted to me. I I had, I was producing a show, a live uh conference in Chicago, like in 2019. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. yeah. The producer that was going to be producing the show didn't show up that day and i had to produce the entire show like on the fly right and it was it was crazy stressful and at the end of the day a buddy of mine uh, who was who was working on the show as well he said hey he's really sorry he gave us all these cigars and i was like you know what i'm saving this. that's pre-
1: that's special <laughs> exactly yeah, i'm that's saving special.
2: this and and then you know the pandemic happened everything else and it's just been sitting there and i've i've wanted to enjoy that and i feel like i've got the opportunity coming up but I want to make sure it's good. How do I store these cigars and take care of them? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And well, how do I make sure that the I set up the humidor correctly right, right. To, to to do it? You know. Yeah.
1: Well, it, you know, if you 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 probably if you've gotten into cigars have experienced something very similar to what Bo just described because you start collecting these cigars but then realize oh wait like. These need to be kept in a certain kind of environment, and then you scramble to figure it out. People make the mistake of they think for some reason putting them in their refrigerator is helpful or, you know, like the old men used to do with uh, coffee grounds and stuff Are you serious?
2: People put their cigars in
1: a refrigerator? Yeah, don't do that. There actually are some some very specific instances where you may want to do that but not it it, but it's to help with things that we're not going to really okay all right right. (laughs) yeah and you know anyway i just don't put your cigars in a in a refrigerator but you know folks are start to they collect these cigars and then they start to scramble to figure out how do i take care of them and you get you know folks that you know put you know, wrap them in moist towelettes and all these kind of things. And Mm. so it's, uh, it it just can be cumbersome until you find the right resources to help you figure it out. And of course, the uh, cigars need to be kept in a, a humid environment. We kind of seek the 70% humidity. The rule is uh, 70-70. That's the rule. And yeah. so uh, the the gauge you were referencing earlier, the hydrometer, you know, that's how we kind of determine if your, if your humidor is what level it's at, if we need to tweak the humidity inside of it. But But the temperature is also important as well. We'll talk about that. But, you know, we're spoiled as pipe people because pipe tobacco, it's so easy. You just throw it in a mason jar. You're fine. It's just easy. Yeah. You just don't have to worry about it, you know. And and if you buy a tin of tobacco, it's just sealed. You know. It's just, so you just don't you don't have to worry about it. That you do need to worry about temperature with pipe tobacco. People mess that up. They'll <laughs> well, keep it in their attic or they'll yeah. you know they'll put it uh, they'll keep it outside or you know in a room that. Uh, isn't climate control. You do need to worry about temperature. But, our
2: our work comes yeah. in the actual smoking of the tobacco, which right. requires a lot, you know, a lot more than <laughs> a just like lot puffing more. on a stick. Right. You know what I mean, like that's, right. our, our, that's where our work is. But for the cigar yeah. smoker, it seems like the work is all before
1: that. A lot of, a lot of work into maintaining the actual cigars. So, um, th- so yeah, you know, the, I, I wish, I wish caring for a humidor was a science and it's not. It is not. C- setting up a humidor mm. is not a science. And so I'm a, in my very, clumsy, ham fisted way going to try to walk you through the art of uh, of picking and then sl- and then keeping up maintaining the the right humidor. So the first thing is picking the right humidor to begin with. And and, and a lot of people <laughs> of course you bought something that sounds like it, you know, should have been on the you know clearance rack at the piggly wiggly, but
2: <laughs> it shouldn't have even been there. It should have just been bashed it's in got and used got like, firewood. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it's
1: got your uh, you know golf or your uh, golf card, your uh, baseball cards in right, it or something. Right. But I um, think
2: there, I think at one point there were some Pokemon cards in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: some, it gets where you kept your old Tamagotchi or something, right. yeah. So, anyway, um, you know, picking the right humidor to begin with is a really big part of the process. People mess up because they've got five or ten cigars, and that's the most they'll ever have. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they buy some huge, beautiful piece of furniture humidor and it is a recipe for disaster. Ooh. You need it's it's similar. We always say when you're storing pipe tobacco, you need to keep pipe tobacco in a jar that's close to the size of the amount of tobacco that's in there. So, in other words, you don't want a huge jar, a gigantic jar, but then only one ounce of pipe tobacco in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's just too much. Your humid. You can think about your humidor the same way. If it's a if it's a cedar humidor. You know, you can think about that in very much the same way. Your humidor doesn't need to, you know, swallow up your your few little amounts of cigars. And that happens for a variety of reasons. Spanish cedar is not actually Spanish or cedar. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the type of wood uh, that that we use to make uh, premium humidors out of and it is a very it's a great wood to age uh, cigars with it you know imparts a, a special flavor into the cigars which is very coveted and sought after and it also it handles moisture very well compared to so many different woods it's just a there's a very reason why they use this type of wood uh, which is actually closer to a mahogany than it is cedar and and you know like i said it's not even from Spain. I'm reminded of that time I learned in history class. They were like, you know, the Holy Roman Empire, it wasn't holy, it wasn't Roman, <laughs> and it wasn't even an empire. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish cedar is kind of the same way. Right. So selecting the right material for your cigars, number one is size. You want to get one that's going to be closer to the size of cigars that you anticipate keeping. Number two, cons- you know consider the material. Do you want a high-maintenance humidor? Are you going to be okay babying this thing? Week after week after week for its lifespan, and that's what it's going to take mm-hmm. for a cigar humidor. So if you're a if you're a, a person that smokes three or four cigars a year and you want to keep ten cigars in that humidor, are you ready? And are you going to be committed to checking that thing every two weeks? for the rest of the time that you own it and use it to make sure it's maintained properly. And so that these are things you need to think about if you're, if you're doing that, maybe a cedar humidor isn't right for you. Maybe you need something lower maintenance that is um, uh, more like one of the travel humidors that is a kind of a hard plastic material that honestly work great. They work fantastic. They have a really tight seal, keep yeah. humidity in there, but they don't look nice they on don't, your desk. They
2: don't look nice on you know, desk. you want that beautiful
1: showpiece to look nice on your desk. So, it, so if you're going to, if you're going to do it and keep a cedar humidor put it somewhere where you're going to remember to you know like on your desk make sure that you're you're maintaining it and we'll talk about that uh you know shortly so, so all
2: right so those the, are the
1: first two things to think of when you're picking your humidor so oh like, man
2: i, I kind of want to bombard you with questions but i don't want to throw you off for yeah, things that you might already be covering that's okay but since, since you're since you're here on the kind of the the location of where you're keeping this to kind of keep it top of mind yeah so i bought a new one yeah uh it is Spanish cedar, of which I now know it's neither Spanish nor cedar. Right. It's, that's education. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've got actually, you know, so if actually uh, it's in my office and I believe if folks want to go to findeversale.com, they can see a video right now of me pitching this new, amazing, immersive audio drama we're working on. Again, that's findeversale.com. But in that video, if you look over my, my, my shoulder on like I've got a bookshelf. Yeah. On this bookshelf, I've got my pipes and I've got this. Humidor, my new humidor, which yeah. now has a a digital hydrometer. Hydrometer. Yeah. It's got a digital hydrometer now, which I appreciate because I can read it a lot better because I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got it there, but I've been I have struggled, John David. I have no problem. Knowing, I knew, like, this time, like, I'm committed. I'm going to keep this thing up. I'm going to yeah. put the little drops of water in the thing and then rub the water around the thing or whatever I'm supposed to do, which <laughs> I'm you're going to tell me. Walk
1: okay. around it three times and say hocus pocus and it's supposed to work.
2: But being from more of a pipe tobacco mindset in terms of storing the pipe tobacco. like. Yeah set that, it
1: and forget it kind of that
2: deal. all is stored in my cellar which is underneath my stairs at my house kind yeah. of like this like back cellar kind of area and, and yeah i've got all of my you know pipes and pipe you know or the, the ones that aren't on display yeah i've got my pipes i've got my pipe tobacco it's there it's kind of like a cool comfortable nook. you know nook where it's all very mm. temperature controlled this one is in my office on the in the front of my house it, it's a room that gets a lot of sunshine. The, the yep. space doesn't necessarily get a ton of sunshine or anything like that. It's not like direct but the sunlight. Temperatures fluctuate. It does fluctuate. Am I, am I, Robin Peter to Paul cutting off my hand to spite my face? Like yeah, what, you know, yeah, what
1: I- yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. And it, this is where people struggle, right? Is uh-huh. because and we're going to get back to picking your humidor in a second. But yeah, like, yeah. but like you know, the this is the problem. You want a beautiful humidor to sit on your desk, right? Your desk is in the wrong space. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so <laughs> right. to, to to do that, your, right. your desk is where it should be, your office is where it should be, right, right, right. but it's not an ideal location for your humidor. Right. And you see this a lot. And so a lot of people in this case will, you know, have two humidors. They'll have the ugly one that is under the bed <laughs> where you keep all your stuff and that's where the bulk of your items go. Right. And then you'll have the very small, petite humidor where you keep four or five cigars and it's on your desk. It's beautiful. It it's you know, as maintained as it can be. But it's important for you to see it because you love it. And, yes. you, and you want you want it on your desk. And I you do. want to see your cigar you want to be reminded of your cigars. Your cigars are just like your pipes. They hold memories and affections and you know, they're they're markers for significant times in your life when we had both of our kids, I got a box of cigars that's right, yeah. and I, my humidor at home is huge. I've got a giant humidor at home and that's because that holds whole boxes of cigars. And like, it, you know, it, I've got one for our son and one for our daughter and every year on their birthday, I smoke one of those cigars. Oh, that's and so beautiful, yeah. But, you know, it but that's what it takes, you know, in order to do that. And so, um gosh okay. so so anyway it, it it presents you with a with the interesting <sighs> yeah conundrum there Um uh, we'll talk about uh kind of placement and stuff and sorry to derail but no like, I'm it's like thinking really like, I really this good is problem okay, and and, and it is yeah and 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 that's okay we'll, we'll figure out a way to get around it the only other thing you need to think about when you're picking your humidor we talked about size we talked about the material but portability as well so a lot of folks you know are they travel with their cigars a lot or they want to bring their cigars you know collections with them if they're going to events or out of town or or if if not their whole selection at least a sizable portion that would be more than just you know two or three cigars and so you know so uh, so when you're thinking about a humidor um consider that as well there's some travel humidors most of them are going to be made of a, of a hard plastic that's going to protect them in your luggage or something like that you don't see many wooden uh, travel humidors right, but right. um but anyway keep that in mind so if you do wind up getting a, c- a cedar spanish cedar humidor that's where that's really the whole question here is like how do you maintain that if you get a plastic humidor it's like okay great like you know you put your cigars in there you can put a- actually some people in order to introduce the cedar aroma to those cigars they'll take the cedar strips out of a cigar box and put those in there and so if you go to your local you know cigar shop. They'll, a lot of them, what, what we do, we actually have the cedar strips up front by the cash register that people can just take because what they do is they'll use them as matches. They'll t- they'll light the cedar and then infuse, they'll light their cigar with the cedar huh. and they kind of infuse that. You see that a lot, but so we just give them out. You could put some of those in your plastic humidor. Yeah. The Boveda packs are, are great because it's this, you know, little packet that uh, it's like a, you know, squishy pouch that slowly emits moisture uh, to get the humidity up to a certain level.
2: Yeah, our friends at the Briar Shop introduced me to those. I'm, I'm yeah, those, yeah. And,
1: and then once they, you know, once it gets to that level, if it's over humidified, it'll actually suck in moisture. So, that really, bovita packs are awesome. They really are like very almost dummy proof. They're they're great.
2: But so anyway, if you had a dumb question, real quick. Am I better off putting like two of them in versus one, or is it just like a one and done type deal? It depends on the size of the humidor. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there again, it's an art, not a science. You know, if you have ten or fifteen cigars in a small humidor, one normal sized boveda pack, uh, not the small ones, not the gigantic ones because they make ones that are almost as big as your face. But like, <laughs> um, but they just a normal size, which is about the size of your of your hand. Right. Then one of those in there should work for theoretically, if it's temperature controlled. Uh, several months. So... Um, temperature control. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It, well, I had the same problem at my house. Right, right I, I right, do. Right, yeah. So so seasoning your humidor, this is, again, the art of it. Not, a, It's not a science. Yeah. But the bigger your humidor is, the more difficult. Again, the goal is going to be 70 degrees temperature and then 70% humidity. Cedar is very thirsty. It takes a lot of water to season cedar, more than you would anticipate. And so mm. it's important... When you're getting your humidor moisture level up, you want, you're going to need to introduce quite a bit of moisture to it. And it's important during that time to not put your cigars in the humidor. Okay. So, basically, if you've got cigars that you're trying to, that you're ready, you're buying the humidor to put these cigars in, as soon as you buy the humidor, don't put your
2: cigars in there.
1: We need to get your humidor up to snuff first before you introduce your cigars. All
2: right. So, as, yeah. I read that. And this is what and
1: I and then did. you didn't do
2: that. No, no, I did. I, I was, I was pretty good about making sure. Like, and I'll just tell you what my process was. So, understand yeah. this is for the listener. When you hear me describing what I did, that's not the educational process. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear John, when you hear John David's voice, that's what you're supposed to do. But for context, this is what I did. So, I got in the humidor. Yeah. I I I opened it up and I got some distilled water. And I rubbed it in to all of the kind sides. Kind of wiped it down. Wiped it down on yeah. all the sides. And I got a little dish of, of water and I left uh, the distilled water and I put it in there. I closed it. Didn't put my, my cigars in. Yeah. And I would just watch that the hydrometer and I'd watch it every single day. And I was trying to get it in my mind to 75 because I knew sure. I'd be putting some drier sticks in there. Yeah. And so I could never quite get it to 75. It took maybe about a week Maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, sure. Finally got it to about 71. Got the cigar. I was super eager, eager though, to get, like, cigars in there. Because I'm telling you, it's got, like, a glass, you know. It's beautiful. It's a cool one. And you're, you're proud. You're excited to display it. And so I get it there. And I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, all right. We're doing all right. We're doing good. You know, it's 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 maintaining around 70, 71, 70, 69. 69. <laughs> right. <laughs> 68. And, and yep. so... As it gets now down to like 65 and yeah, like, sure. like the lower 60s, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. And then as it starts winking at like the 50s, now I'm super nervous. Yeah, and I'm- Sure. I don't know what to do if I like because I feel like I can't do the same process again while the cigars are right, in there. Right. But do I take it out? Do I reset it? Like, you know. Yeah. I'm, so you, you did actually even do the right thing in
1: the first you, place. You actually I think a lot of people would season their humidor the way you did it. Beau, yeah. So I don't think you're far off really. Yeah. I mean, uh, because your cigars, when you put them in there, are going to be your cigars are really thirsty. The cedar's really thirsty. Your cigars are really thirsty. They're going to fight back and forth for that humidity. So a lot of people at first will over. Saturate the cedar with moisture in order to, you know, so it's a little overdone. So once you put the cigars in there, it equalizes. So your goal there was was great. The only thing that some people might argue, and and you've got people that do both ways. Some people will say you're not supposed to wipe down the the wood oh. because it could actually warp the wood or introduce too much moisture that might cause mold. But but then. Some of the people that I most respect in our local cigar community, that's what they do. And so yeah. I personally don't do that, but you can certainly you can certainly do that. And people do that where you where I think you nailed it is taking distilled water in a little dish, setting it in your humidor and closing it. And generally, you know, some people say three to five days. I say like, man, leave it in there at least a week, sometimes yeah. two weeks. Get that humidor really, 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 you know, well acclimated to that. Now, along the same time as you're doing that, okay, a lot of these humidors come with a hydrometer, but the problem with the hydrometer, either digital or analog, right? Yeah. So either both, both, and is that they're not accurate. That they, they need, in some ways, to be calibrated. Oh, and so that now a lot of them do come, and they they are accurate, but a lot of them are not, and oh. it's just kind of a crapshoot because it's just they get you know it's like anything that needs to be calibrated after a while it just you know needs needs the correct tweaking right how,
2: how would I even know
1: well you don't and so that's why you always <laughs> calibrate it
2: <laughs> well I guess I guess how how do you how do you how do
1: you calibrate, how do you calibrate it, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. and so what my what I do is that I get a mason jar if you're a pipe smoker you'll have tons of mason jars hopefully I get a clean mason jar and I put a bovita pack in the mason jar the bovita pack oh. Oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. scientifically will keep the humidity at a certain level. So, so if you buy a 72% Bovita pack, it's going to be 72. Or if you're going to, if you buy a 69 bovita pack, it's going to be 69. Put that in your mason jar, put the, put the hydrometer in there with it, close the lid, put it in a temperature controlled environment and leave it there for two days. And then when you go check it after two days, it will have stabilized perfectly, and you'll you'll know that inside there, inside that jar, it's seventy two percent humidity. And so if your if your hydrometer is saying over or under, you move it to seventy two. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's important as well. So a lot of people will do this while they're seasoning their humidor, while they're getting that moisture kind of introduced to their to their humidor.
2: Fascinating. Okay.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's that's part of it. Now let's talk about the temperature aspects of this. So your humidor, the problem with keeping it in a wild environment with temperature is that the temperature affects the humidity. And 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 also too, the worst offenders, and I just hate to tell you this, are the humidors that have glass tops, ah, and they're the most they beautiful ones. So they're the most beautiful one. They ah, are, and so okay. and so that's another thing to think about when you're you know selecting your humidor. It's like, well, where am I going to be keeping I just it? Need to get the rubber thing, and, and so it. well, and it's like. <laughs> And it's like, okay, if it's a smaller humidor, keep one on your desk, like we talked about, that's going to have your, you know, your small, you know, your, maybe, maybe the next cigars you plan to smoke, you keep in that humidor. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're going to be smoking them relatively soon. It's a nice display piece. It reminds you of how much you love your cigars and those, those, you know, memories that you got acquiring each one of them or whatever it was. But then your bulk, you, you keep in, you know, a big piece of Tupperware under your bed or something and um, all tightly sealed up and, and that kind of thing. So, Anyway, temperature can change it a lot. And if it's introduced to high temperature, also if it's introduced to drafts, if it's close to a, um, an air vent
3: mm. or any mm-hmm. type
1: of moving, uh, lots and lots of moving air. Um, all that is gonna you know cause the the humidity to be sucked out of the humidor, and so and, and it's something we all battle. It's yeah. something commercial humidors that are the size of rooms battle because because that yeah, that's why it's an art and not a science. There is no one way to say this is how you do it, and it's always done. It, every environment is totally different for the individual humidor. Right. <laughs> They're kind of awful.
2: Maybe, <laughs> you you may have already mentioned this, but so many of those humidors have like the divider. Yeah. What what is that for? It's just to divide your collection. So it's about know? dividing the cigars. It's not trying to keep the the black thing. Away from yeah the, cigar the humidifier side. or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah I mean you can
1: put it on one side of the of a divider there, what what Bo's referencing is the little piece of wood that kind of uh, kind of slides down inside the cigar uh, the humidor that uh, you can use to separate things or whatever some people will use it and they'll just keep their humidifier on one side and the cigars on the other but it's really just there to help you kind of organize things okay better, so it doesn't really serve a purpose for yeah the, some people just take those out altogether I mean, you know so so you want to you know try if you can. If it's a humidor, you're really, really, really concerned about the maintaining proper humidity. Keep in mind location, you know, cl- closeness to, um, you know, temperature fluctuations, you know, what the room temperature is is going to be in that environment. And then, uh, of course, yeah, humidity level, uh, not just inside the humidor, but outside the humidor as well. You don't want it, you know, you don't, definitely don't want to put it next to, you, don't put your humidor in your bathroom kind of thing,
2: yeah, <laughs> you know, next yeah, to
1: your yeah. shower. Like yeah. that, uh, you know, there's probably someone out there that keeps their cigars next to their shower, but but don't do that. Once your humidor it has sat for that long with, you know, that little, what I put is a little dish of distilled water inside the humidor, close it, let it sit for a week or two, and then take your now calibrated uh, hydrometer and poke it in there with it. And let it sit for an hour or so so it can really get a good read of what the what the humidity is like inside that humidor. And when you do that, hopefully, God willing, your humidor will be kind of where it should be. If it's a really large humidor, it might take two dishes of water. If it's a small humidor, it might not take much at all. And, you know, you can go back and forth on should you actually apply water to the cedar directly. You know, I would encourage you to do your own research on that. I, I don't do that, but I've got friends that do. Uh, if you do, I would definitely advise you to not let any sitting water. Do you don't want right. any puddles? Yeah. Just make sure it's very lightly dampened. You know, and uh, so it's make- like
2: lightly painting a fence. Yeah,
1: no, that's right. Yeah. And and so that's kind of the idea there. And then you should be good to go. They do make seasoning bovita packs, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Uh, the bovita pack is actually designed to oversaturate the humidor, and so I think they're like eighty four or eighty five percent humidity. Kind of thing, and so you put them in there. And the point of it is to do that. Now, I've never used those, but I'm sure they probably work great. Again, keep in mind if your humidor is large, you may need two or three of those, or or even more. You know, and so it's do you really want to buy all those just to throw them out a few weeks later? You know, that's up to you. So anyway, that's kind of how you season the humidor, and then you want to, if you can, introduce the cigars at that point, and then let them catch up. Your your humidor is going to be very finicky. You're going to want to check the humidity on it. At least weekly, it, certainly for the first few months uh, that you own it. So, at least weekly, you're going to want to check it and add a solution to it or distilled water as it as it needs more humidity. A lot of folks will use distilled water. A lot of folks will use propylene glycol solution, which we sell. Uh, any any you know tobacconist will will sell that. You can buy it on the internet. Propylene glycol is great. Because how they design this stuff is actually to, almost like the bovita packs, is to achieve a certain humidity level. And mm. also it's more antifungal, which can help with, you know, if, if it gets too moist in there or any kind of mold or, or that type of thing. So, uh, so I, you know, might encourage you to go towards the propylene glycol, but distilled water works fine too. Um, so as you maintain your humidor, you're going to check it. Uh, very regularly, certainly for at least once a week for the first few months that you own it uh, and add solution or uh, distilled water as needed. One thing a lot of folks forget to do, and it's easy to forget to do anything in this because as we've talked, you can tell it's you know not a perfect uh, science. One, one things uh, folks need to be reminded of is to rotate your cigars. You want to physically move where the cigars are in your humidor? Really? Occasionally. Huh? Because inside your humidor, it's not perfectly even. It's not in homeostasis or whatever sure. inside your humidor. And so there in in your humidor the hydrometer might read 70, but you might have a pocket that's more wet and a pocket over here that's less wet. Also, there's no air circulating in that humidor. Now, they do actually make devices you can put down in your humidor that every, you know, 30 minutes, it'll put out a little puff of air just to help circulate the, the, the still air in your humidor. Yeah. But, you know, typically that's not happening inside a humidor. So it's important for you to rotate your cigars. Interesting. Um, also, if the cigar does, for whatever reason, if it's on a side of a humidor where it's a little too moist... That moisture in the cigar sitting up against the same piece of cedar for that long can lead to mold. And so ooh, ooh, and okay. so that so so you want to rotate your cigars. The other thing, and the, the reason we worry so much about temperature and, and and that is that temperature can help cause mold, but then it also, can lead to the hatching of tobacco beetles. Yeah. And that's a real thing. So, and tobacco beetles are in good cigars and they're in bad cigars. Tobacco beetles are all over the place. They, are they in
2: pipe tobacco too? Because um, I've only ever
1: heard about them in cigars. I have cigars. not experienced them in pipe tobacco. Interesting. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean they there. Maybe I, we should
2: do an episode on tobacco beetles. Yeah,
1: we maybe should. <laughs> how to
2: eradicate them.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, but tobacco beetles actually are present in a lot of the cigars that you will find on the shelf. The problem is they they don't hatch until it gets really warm. And so if it's over 75% or over 75 degrees, you start running into the opportunity that these tobacco beetles are going to hatch inside wow. your humidor. And wow. when they hatch, what happens? is they actually eat your cigars just like a termite. And you'll find mm. holes inside your cigars literally just like a termite. That's crazy. And uh, we laughed earlier. What if out. you
2: smoke the eggs?
1: You do. You What? You do. Tobacco beetles are everywhere. I oh mean, they, they just, yeah, it's just. Keep smoking cigars. Forget that I even mentioned all it's this. It's like a horror story. Just be, all of sure, a just be sure to keep your temperature under 75. Wow. <laughs> okay. Very, very important. Wow. Okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say, and that, you know, we we laughed earlier about the whole refrigerator thing. Yeah. There is, if you ever do experience tobacco beetles, the thing that will kill them is the freezer. Interesting. And so a lot of folks will, in, in very slowly, they'll introduce their cigar, they'll put them in the freezer. And kill the tobacco beetles and the and the eggs, and then they'll to slowly bring them back to room temperature. They'll put them inside their refrigerator. After that, so I'll just briefly mention that that that's a way to get rid of tobacco beetles. So that so that's it. That that's that's really all there is to it. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a little more complicated. That's <laughs> no, uh, all there is to it. It's, it's a little it? more complicated than uh, than I wish it was. But um, cedar humidors are finicky. They really are. They're beautiful. They keep some of our most prized uh, cigars. That again, just like pipes and pipe tobacco, we all collect the ones we like. We want to—they're like Pokemon. We want to catch them all. You know, it's like, well, I want to try this cigar. <laughs> I want to try it in this size and this size and that. You know, and so we buy all these cigars. But then you got to figure out what to do with them. And uh, and so uh, cedar humidors can be can be finicky. But if you're willing to put the time into it. And make sure you follow some of these steps that we mentioned today. You'll be happy you did. And and your and your cigar collection will age just literally like a fine wine over time. And and if you do that, cigars really will uh, stay great indefinitely. Man. So, yeah.
2: You know who stays great indefinitely? Missouri Mirror. Our good friends at Missouri <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man.
1: <laughs> that is exactly right, man. It's awesome because uh this year, of course, we've got Thanksgiving in our uh in our eyes set now and so uh, Missouri Mearsom some great deals on their website that they're featuring so be sure to go to corncobpipe.com we're here at the holidays uh, you know, you've know. you got that Norman Rockwell picture now the turkey and all this yeah. kind of stuff man make sure to introduce a corncob or a clay pipe from Missouri Meerschaum to the whole uh, setting this this year uh, with your family uh, they've got some great options and right now they have some great deals on their website running from November 23rd to November 29th so check it out you can go to corncobpipe.com and our friends at missouri meersham will send all the good stuff right to your front
2: door and of course big thanks to our good friends at missouri meersham for sponsoring this show Question of the week Pipe question of the week this week coming in from Father Isaac, who writes in saying, I've been enjoying some of the so-called American English blends lately, which I understand to be primarily burley-based, but with a bit of Latakia added. Right now I've really been digging on Russ Ulett's chestnut blend, a match for the now defunct walnut of Blessed Memory. Any other suggestions for a good "quote unquote" American English blend? Perhaps something tent. Okay, American English. Yeah. It, so a, a lot of times you've probably
1: heard us refer to these as English aromatics, and so we're, we're talking about this idea where uh, you've got an English style mixture or an aromatic mixture, but it, it, it you've got an, an aromatic mixture, but it introduces latakia which has that smoky, savory peatiness to it, which you normally associate with non-flavored tobaccos. And so it's a hybrid blend. We've got these American-English blends or American aromatics or English aromatics where it's a tobacco that doesn't fit in the aromatic category and it doesn't fit in In the English category, Mm. but if it had, if you had to put it in one, it'd probably be the aromatic category. And there's lots of really good ones out there. Uh, Father Isaac, um, I know you specifically asked for 10 tobaccos, but I have to, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't come in to you. (laughs) uh, Our own at the Country Squire uh, PS blend. Northwest Trek and Hunting Creek; these are all three, you know, tobaccos that are aromatic but feature, and mostly burley based, but feature a really nice helping of latakia to give it that richness and body that that makes those in those blends so interesting. Uh, others that come in a that you might think about, we we talked to several episodes about a blend called Distinguished Gentleman from E Hoffman Company. Great English aromatic has a really nice. Uh, helping of Latakia. It actually makes the room smell good too. Edward G. Robinson blend, which is now made by Sutliff. That's a blend that's been on the market for a very long time. Uh, East Farthing from Sutliff. Bob's Chocolate Flake from Gaywith and Hogarth. Uh, of course, that's, you know, if you can find it. <laughs> and then Two Friends uh, English Chocolate uh great great tobacco also that we've talked about on the air it's got a nice baking chocolate kind of flavor mm, to it but yeah. um so check any of those out man
2: that's a good one well, great hey, question yeah thanks for that father isaac and hey if you got a pipe question of the week send it in that's show at radio.com. quick fire with the squire questions i'm excited for this man so i yeah me too in preparation for this i i did something kind of interesting with our quick fire questions now we've got several from listeners that are kind of spattered around here and there and otherwise yeah but like on some of these episodes i kind of pulled from oh man the Harry Potter official Sorting Hat like calculus or whatever it is. I, there's a terminology for that. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. But Me my, either. My oldest is getting into it pretty hardcore. She's like reading the books and everything. Yeah, and, it's great. And, and enjoy it. My sister's always been a big fan of this. And so, you know, we've been like in like this like Harry Potter mode. It's, it's, you know, kind of the October season and (laughs) October, November season. It's just a good time for it. So I'm pulling from that. Now, granted, these questions are not very Harry Potter esque, but I want to acknowledge it just in case any readers or rather listeners who were into Harry Potter recognize some of these questions. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. (laughs) <laughs> this wasn't going to sort us, by the way. Like, that, I didn't, I didn't do it with all of them. But if you want to pull from this and then, like, put it into the calculator in your own time, by all means, let us know what, what house we would fall into. <laughs> all right. You ready for this? Yep. All right. Quick fire questions. Here we go. What kind of instrument do you most enjoy listening to? Violin, drums, piano, or trumpet? Piano. Piano and violin are, are tough. Like, those are the two yeah. that, that come to... Uh, That immediately comes to mind. I do find that I like to kind of go to a piano covers of songs uh, more often than not. Yeah, I will say in kind of a uniqueness, drums at the moment because my youngest has been learning how to play the drums, and so whenever I hear that she's (laughs) playing the drums, I'm like, okay, good. That was a good investment getting that drum set. (laughs) I would figure that would make it your least favorite one, but anyway. (laughs) All right. right? Hopefully, she'll play it enough so it comes to that. But (laughs) at the moment, there you go. What smell do you find irresistible? Crackling log fire, fresh parchment paper, home, or the sea? I'm going to say the sea or the ocean.
1: Yeah, this yeah. one's hard because I like all these things. Crackling log fire, that's hard to beat unless the smoke's blowing right in your face, which always <laughs> right, happens to right. me. But the ocean, I, this is, I think, why I'm more of a beach person. I love the smell of the salt, salt water. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs>
2: I'm going to say home with a little bit of a caveat here. My home smells like a dog. Well, so that's the thing. Like, cause, cause some of this like crackling fire. So when I think of like home, like just not, 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 not just like my house, but like just the concept of home. Yeah. There is a smell attached to it and it's, it's, it's dog like crackling fire, baked chicken. Yeah. It's those like combination smells. Cause that always reminds me of my grandmother's house at, at Christmas when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And like it has a very distinct smell. And like as I've gotten older and I've, I've smelled something that's taken me back to memory, I've been able to compile those different notes and and realize that's that interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So there you go. All right. And then finally, which would you rather be trusted, liked, imitated, praised, envied or feared? Wow.
1: I know. OK, so trusted. But is that if honest? I'm really but if I'm really honest with myself, probably probably liked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. So like the I wish I wanted to be trusted more than liked, but I probably want to be liked more. That's a very honest answer.
2: Yeah, that is a very honest answer. Gosh. Different things at different stages of life. I think probably praised would probably be Yeah. That the too. thing early on. But I do find in kind of my current phase of life trusted is more important to me but praise is kind of the tension there i think. i never, never <laughs> want to be feared but uh, some people probably do yeah i mean like you know again it's trying to like assess what house I you're guess, supposed to be in. if you want to be in the evil witch's house
0: yeah, <laughs> I guess witch's see that. House. yeah it's <laughs> like if
1: you you know if you're big into combat or like you're a you know
2: no, that's a
0: leadership a titan type Titan
1: of
2: industry or something.
0: It is like a leadership
1: type to... where
2: you want to be able to like, you know, yeah. there's a great scene in the series black sales, which yeah. is a pirate series, which by the way, if you like pirate series, you should definitely check out the pirates. Actually, I don't know. We're probably outside of the window for when that is relevant. <laughs> oh no, we're not. We are still in the window. Go, go check it out. Uh, support it. Maybe there's still time <laughs> to, to make this happen. Go to find and support the project. Uh, but no, it's a black sales and there's a pirate captain and his quartermaster. It's just, there's a great scene where they debate whether it's better by your crew to be loved or feared. Yeah. And like this one makes this really strong argument about like the risks of both. But if you can be both loved and feared. Yeah. Then you can get people to do anything. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. a lot of truth in that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. This is great. If you got some quick fire questions for us, send them in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your
0: thoughts. Your Your comments. comments.
2: Listener Listener Feedback. Listener Feedback. Man, we got some listener feedback in from Gerson Fernando de Anito, who said, saying, uh, feedback on the Calico Jack episode. Dear Bo and John David, hope you all are doing great. Just passed on to praise the Bo's abilities to tell stories. As a son of a storyteller myself, his mother specifically, I appreciate the art and know how special it is for someone to have this ability. Bo is able to take us in the journey with him. And his interpretation of the facts and in the impressions <laughs> and impersonations make it even <laughs> more entertaining. Congratulations, Bo. Keep up the good work. Uh, cheers from Brazil. And again, that's from uh, Garçon Fernando. I messed it up. Sorry. <laughs> Garçon, Garçon, thank you so much.
1: I agree, Garçon. I think Bo has great storytelling skills. I uh, really enjoyed uh, our episode recently on um, on Mary Ray. Yeah, man. That was an yeah, awesome episode. Absolutely.
2: Yep. Garçon, appreciate that. And hey, if you enjoy storytelling you want more from me, head over to findeversale.com, support that project because that. We'll guarantee it for sure, but uh, other than that, man, I think that's going to do it for us today. It's great learning about cigars. I feel yeah educated and uh, and ready to go and revive my broken humidor. <laughs> But, but we're going to get there. You will. You will. You may have to rethink your strategy a little bit, yeah. but I believe in you. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Uh, you want? To, I appreciate that, man. I really do appreciate yeah. that. And uh, hey, we appreciate all of you tuning in, listening. If you'd like to send us some feedback, show at CountrySquireRadio.com. But of course, all of our information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. That's what I just said. Twice even. <laughs> Well, man, let's go. man. We need to get some food, and then we need to go to this Las Vegas Pipe Show. I know, man. I'm excited. It's time to get over there. Let's do it. See All right, you, man. man. Let's
1: go have a day. See your brother.